Welcome to episode 41 of the Hear K Tell podcast. I am your host, Christina Alexander. Today's guest, Tierra Ruffin Pratt, will discuss what transferable skills are critical to a smooth transition from sport to career and how to combine your playing experiences with life lessons to highlight your resume. And last but not least, how to prepare for the WNBA undrafted. An Alexandria, Virginia native, T.C. Williams graduate, and the University of North Carolina alum, Tierra is also a WNBA veteran. Undrafted in the 2013 WNBA draft, she spent six years with the Washington Mystics and two seasons with the LA Sparks. Please welcome Tierra Ruffin Pratt. What's up, T? What up? What up? <laughs> Glad. Listen, this was well awaited. Like we hear. <laughs> let's let's get right into it. So. And I also, when I tell people that I do their little bios, I said, if I miss something, please let me know, because I just want to give our listeners a snippet. But clearly your resume has a lot more value, a lot more experiences that we're going to dive into. But I want to make sure as an, Ale- as an Alexandria, Virginia native, shout out to D.C. Listen, like, you know, we miss the East Coast and a T.C. Williams yes, standout, sure. right? A T.C. Williams standout a UNC alum, what has sport meant to you throughout your life journey? Um, it's been everything for me. Uh, I started playing basketball when I was about six, and I just never looked back. That was the only sport I ever played. I mean, I ran track in the little rec league league, but never anything, like, serious. Um, so from the time I was six until, what, last, last year? It's been a year since I retired. Uh, basketball has pretty much been my life. So um, the relationships I've built, like friendships, my fiance, um, everything has been built on like playing basketball and playing sport. Okay. So is there a sibling? Is there an uncle? Is it mommy? Who introduced the sport to you? Um, so when I was, when I was younger, my cousin who was killed back in 2013, he was, we were the same age. I was, I'm like a month. I was a month and a day older than him. He said he was going to play basketball at the rec for one, the rec league team that we went to. Um, so I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna go play too. Like we was connected at the hip. So he went to play. So I went to play, and that's just kind of how it started. Um, and we kind of just went from there. Rest in power to your cousin, because obviously, the people that kind of interest introduce us to the to the gifts that we didn't know that we had and that we continue to share with the share with the world and impact. That's a huge thing. So what was your biggest transition from high school to college? Let's start with that first. And I'm going to continue to go up the ladder with college to the W and then overseas and then give us the why. So what was the biggest transition from high school to college? And, and I want people to understand that TC Williams, like in Alexandria, like that's the school, like, Northern Virginia, like, don't get it twisted at all. And I, I want to say that there's not a lot of alums, but clearly your your jersey, if it's not already hanging in the rafters, ought to be. Yeah, for sure. Um, they retired. They actually retired my jersey after my senior night game at my high well school. Well done, T. So I didn't even well get done. to go on to like, I didn't even get to go on and play in college and make it to the league before they was like, nah, we gonna retire the jersey then. So that was actually a cool experience, but I think the biggest transition from from high school to college 
outside of basketball would be like school. Like, of course you went to school in high school, but like having to get up and go to class and you're not like forced <laughs> was a big transition. But basketball wise, I would say uh, just playing with everybody that's good. Like pretty much every player that I played with in college was pretty good. Like they were with the North Carolina. So um, everybody came in with a name. And, you know, I play, play with good people in AAU because I played for Boo Williams. So everybody I played with with Boo Williams pretty much went D1. Um, but it was just a different level of like, oh, like, oh, there's some real hoopers out here. So I'm like having to prove myself all over again um, versus like in high school was like, ah, we need bodies to go out there and play and – like, you're the best player, so we just fill in spots, but we need you to pretty much do everything. I had some other good players. They didn't go on to play college basketball, but they they were good role players, and they helped me along my journey at, at T.C. Williams. Um, but that transition from being, like, the best player, not just on my high school team, but from my city, like, to go on to play with other players who were the best player coming out of their city. Um, so I think that was one of the biggest, like, transitions, I would say, and then getting used to being away, um, like, on my own, really. Like, your mom's not waking you up for school. Like, your high school coaches is not telling you you got to come and get extra workouts in and doing this, this, and that. It's basically you're learning how to be an adult right out the gate once you get to, to college. So I think that was the biggest probably transition. Is it safe to say that it was the same from college, you know, to the W? Like, what was that transition like? Like, obviously, you know, you had an illustrious career at UNC. And, and let's be let's be clear. You're not going to UNC to sit the bench. You're going to UNC to continuously <laughs> remind folks what you rep, who you are, what you do. And, you know, your skill set as a guard and someone that could play a little bit of forward. You did that in the WNBA. You know, what was that transition like? Um, From the league, it was a little different. Not in the sense of, like, everybody's good because, you know, once you get to WNBA, like, for me it was more of learning to be a role player. Like, in college, my first year, I was a little bit of a role player. But after that, it was like, all right, like, we need you to do – we need you to score. We need you to be a player. Um, but going to the WNBA, like undrafted first, it was like, all right, you got to make you got to make the team. Like there's a lot of people come in drafted and think like, all right, I'm already on the team. And that's not the case going into the W. You could be drafted and, and cut in the same year. And for me, I just lucked up to be coming into an organization where it was a new coach that year. So it was like almost 20 of us in training camp that year all fighting for spots. And in the W, it's only, what, four guaranteed contracts? So everybody else is expendable. And I knew that, and I knew coming in, I was like four or five people that was like, all right, I think they're pretty much on the team. He brought them in with him. And then maybe it was like two players on the team that was on a team previously, and then his top draft pick. I'm like, those people are pretty much on the team. Now, it's probably about four maybe five more spots that can be filled. Um, 
So going into it like that, it wasn't like, oh, you got recruited to come here and play. You got recruited, but you could be cut. In college, you pretty much, when you get there, you on the team. Whether you play or not is up to you. But when you get to the league, it's like, oh, like, you got to make this team. And then you got to stay on the team. Like, it wasn't like, oh, you can get comfortable. There's no comfortability in the WNBA. It's like every day is a battle. Every day you could be cut. So I think that was the biggest, like, transition. I already knew I was going to work hard. I already knew if I got the opportunity, I was going to have a good chance of making a team. But just the continuous, like, every day is, like, no no days you can, like, chill and just lay back, like, all right, I'm on the team. Cool. It's like, because tomorrow, somebody else may think that, and tomorrow it may just be the day that the coach is like, ah, like, they're a little bit better than you. We need something else, and you get clipped. Um, so I think that was like the biggest adjustment from college to pro, like every day, season to season, you could be cut any day. So I think that was the biggest adjustment. And I appreciate that because I think now, obviously, I'm a little bit older than you. So my time with the Mystics was was very short and sweet. But I think most people don't realize being undrafted you're in a whole different ball game. And even even if you were drafted, you still have to really look at this as I have got to earn this every single practice, every minute, every hour, every timeout, every drill, every, you know, five on five, three on whatever we're doing, every weight room. Like I've got to earn it because we just don't have the luxury in the W. Like this is this like it's just not it's just not the same as the as the NBA. So right. in terms of because I want to make sure that this this our listeners are out there and some of them are like, look, I'm not projected to go in the first or second round of the WNBA. And it and, and as you just alluded to, some of those young ladies that were drafted were cut. Like they're overseas somewhere. So don't the the the, right. the limelight, the rah-rah, the woo-woo, the the you know, the Instagram and all that. You overseas playing in a foreign country, eating foreign food and, and doing, you know, your second <laughs> language. You know, how did you prepare for that? Because you just outlined how you kind of looked at the roster spots. You were like, OK, it's almost like you were doing calculations. OK, this person, there's four of us. I got to yeah. work out, work these two people. What else helped you prepare as an undrafted student athlete? Uh I think one of the main things is I I already had a really like strong work ethic like that started when I was younger um but continuing to have that same work ethic and drive I think that helped prepare me for the next level in general um because sometimes like when I didn't get drafted that could have like deterred me and put me like in a space where I didn't want to do um, anything else, but I think having that drive and that work ethic, I knew like if I just get the opportunity to be on a roster and make it into a training camp, I know that my drive and my work ethic will like outwork somebody else. Um, and I think that gave me the motivation to kind of continue to push, um, even being undrafted and keeping my focus year to year. Um, whether it was in the WBA or playing overseas, um, that's a different, that's a completely different, like, 
muscle that you got to tap to tap into going to play overseas. Like, yeah, playing in W, that's hard. But being overseas, away from your family, six, seven, eight, nine, ten hour time difference, like that's a different type of like emotional, physical, all type of like mental muscle that you need to tap into to be able to just be away. Like it's one thing to be away from your family in America. It's another thing to be away from your family in a foreign country. Um, so I think just the the will to want to play um, and the love of the game just kept me going back year after year. Uh, and then embracing that role, going from being a role player in a W to going overseas and being the superstar of the team. Um, I think I needed that balance for a little bit um, playing because it's like, I know I can score. Like, I know I can, like, be a star. But in a league, for me to stay, like, I'm going to just be this role player. I'm just going to play defense. I'm just going to rebound. I'm just going to knock down the wide open shot when I get it. But when I go overseas, I can go just be a hooper. Like, I can go just do what I want to do. I can go be myself. I can go go wild, shoot as many shots as I want. Um, And I think I kind of needed that balance early on in my career just to like let me know like I could still do it. Um I could still I could still score. Uh so I think tapping into that is like you just got to be like hungry for it. You just got to love the game because going overseas could kind of like make you feel like dang, do I really want to do this? Do I really love it that much that I want to be away from my family 5 6 months out the year? And if you're not playing in a W on a team in your hometown or home state, like you're really away from your family all year round. Um, so it's just the love of the game and me wanting to just be able to do what I love for a, a pretty long time. I think that was what kept me kind of going. Ooh, that was the nugget drop right there because that was, we were going to transition into the overseas life. And I think sometimes, sometimes it's glorified, sometimes it's not, but it's, it's nice to get the honest to goodness truth from somebody who's been there, done that, succeeded, fell, got back up again and, you know, had a long career. But understanding the difference between the two opportunities, mm-hmm. or you know, what you make of, of situations, but understanding that there is a difference. So when you look back on your younger self, high school, college, what actions or steps would have made your transition smoother, do you think? Honestly, I don't think it is anything that could have made it any smoother than kind of what it was. High school to college was pretty smooth. Um, I played I played my freshman year. Like, I didn't sit on the bench. So, like, it was a smooth transition. I just didn't p- play at the capacity that I thought I should be playing my freshman year because my, my coach was a big, like, stickler on, like, letting seniors play. So, or letting like upperclassmen play. And that was cool, but I was going to figure out how to like find my minutes. And I did. Like, I played pretty good minutes my first year. So, outside of that, like, I think my transition from high school to college was smooth. W, I think, like, I don't think it could have been any like of a better transition for me. Like, even though I was undrafted, like, where I ended up in DC, playing for DC at home. Uh, making a team, being there for six years. Like, I don't think it could have been 
any smoother of a transition. Because I could have got drafted second round, third round to another team and another place and been cut. Um, but you know, I like you never, you just never know. So I, I wouldn't say it could have, I could have done anything differently to make my transition from either any smoother than like what I did to prepare. Like, cause I always prepared the way I needed to. Um, and I think like that was just the way it was supposed to be. Like that was God's plan for me to not be drafted and still have a eight-year WNBA career and nine-year overseas career. So I think it couldn't have been done any other way. That was the mic drop. Listen, folks, if you didn't just hear that (laughs) right, she just gave you the numbers on her success as a professional athlete. Don't get it twisted. Don't come for her unless she's sent for you, okay? (laughs) Now, you talked a little bit about the transferable skills in terms of having the grit, having that will to want to succeed and not letting anything deter you what other transferable skills would you say were critical to your success slash longevity? Because I think we all define success differently, but if you could do something like three, two, three plus years, and you're talking about nine and eight, like I'm like, that's success. So what transferable skills uh, would you say were critical? Um, I think the, the biggest one for me was, like adaptability, um, like being able to adapt uh, in any situation, um, any team I played on, any city I was in, and any career or field that I've been a part of, I think being able to adapt um, was the most important thing because everywhere you go is going to be different, uh, whether it's in college going from Alexandria to North Carolina or coming back home and being a pro or going to LA and being a pro or being in different countries overseas, like you got to be able to adapt because every situation is different. And if you aren't able to adapt, you can get lost or you can get stuck or you can get cut in that matter. Like um, if you're not able to adapt to situations, living styles, coaching styles, culture, like people in general, like I think that was just one of the biggest transferable skills that has helped me like in my life in my journey my career just being able to adapt from one thing to the next because like change is inevitable so the more you are able to change grow and learn and adapt like it makes life and transitions so much easier Ooh, certainly now this is a two-part question i agree with you and in that adaptability, it really just allows that individual to kind of go from, you know, one stage of their life to the next. How do you improve upon that? Because although you just mentioned you need to be adapt adaptable or have the adapt adaptability as life gives you different uh, scenarios, how do you improve upon that? How do you work on it? Um, I think the the older you get, the more mature you get, the more... I would say lessons you learn, losses you take, it kind of helps mold you and helps you grow. Um, Just going from, you can just see it from going from high school to college. In high school, you got your your parents making sure you do what you need to do. And that's setting kind of like the standard for your life. And then you go to college and you're more independent. Yes, you have your coach kind of 
steer you or coaches steering you in directions one way or another. Um, but you still have that foundation that you were taught from home, like from the beginning. Um, so I think the older you get, the more steps you take, the more you learn. It's just like a baby learning to walk. Like first they start scooting, then they start crawling, then they get up and walk. Like every stage you learn something different. And I think that teaches you to be more adaptable. Like if a baby was like, I'm tired of falling. I'm just not about to try no more. You know what I'm saying? Like then they would never walk, but until they learn, like it's okay to fall. But if you get back up, you'll learn to be better and better every time you get back up. Um, and I think every stage of your life, that's the kind of flow of what, what life is all about. So I don't think it's one or two things that is like, this is how you get better at being adaptable. I think it just is whatever comes like throughout your life is how you just learn how to adapt. That natural progression, experiences. For sure. Folks, just let yep. it flow. Let it flow. All right, well, let's pivot to the present and how you're currently impacting people. So what makes you who you are? Like, what's your superpower to you? You know, like, I never really thought about like that. But I know for sure I'm a person that, like, loves to, like, help others and give to others, especially, like, the youth or people in, who are in need. Um, so I think that's probably like my biggest superpower, just wanting to give back, see everybody do well, see everybody succeed, um, and know that there's enough of everything out here for everybody to be able to succeed and be great at life. Um, and I think sometimes we get so wrapped up in ourselves that we forget that the best feeling of life and the more rewards you get is by how you help others and how others view you and see you if they see you as a selfish person that's not always going to be the best light to, to show yourself like it's not it's not bad to be a selfish person at times but being able to give especially with the platform I have how I was able to have a good career um, but being able to give back was always like one of my biggest I would say uh, accomplishments in life was being able to give back and help others I love it. I love it. Okay, so let's talk about your transition from sport to career at Nike. Like, how did you end up at Nike? Um, so my last year playing overseas in Israel, I was like with my fiance Victoria, and one of her teammates. Like previously, the year before, I think she played in Spain with uh, a girl named Vanessa, and Vanessa knew I was like at the back end of my career. Um, didn't know how much longer I wanted to play. And she was like, yo, like, it's this dope program that Nike's doing. Um, it's for retired WNBA players. Um, would you be interested? And I'm like, mm, like, I don't know. I still kind of want to hoop, but I don't know. Just put me, like, put my name in and we'll see. Like, like how long do I have to kind of tell them yes or no? And she was like, I'm going to just put your name in. You'll figure the rest out, like, later. So I'm like, all right, cool. And then, like, I had some issues in Israel with, like, some heart stuff. And that kind of just was like, uh, I can come back from this. But is it really, like, worth it, you know? Like, 
especially if I have this opportunity in front of me for something that can be a lifelong career after basketball. It could be a stepping stone to something, something more than just being a basketball player or going from playing basketball to being a coach. Uh, so it was just something that came at the right time. Um, and I was talking to a few people. Taj McWilliams Franklin was one of the people that I was talking to, and she was shout like, out to Taj. She was Listen, like, shout out to Taj and what she does <laughs> for us, former for vets, sure. veterans, whatever you want to call us. Like, shout out to her and what she does and the work that she continues to do to highlight us as individuals. But we bring so much of a skill set to the world. Yeah, but I was talking to Taj, and Taj was like, "I think this program would be great for you," and I was like. All right, you the second person that has said something to me about it. Like I'm a, I'm a, give it a try. Went through the interview process, um, and matched with a really great manager. Um, when I had my interview with her, she was like, "Oh, like I used to be the manager at Georgetown for Georgetown women's basketball." So I'm like, "Oh, like what years?" And she told me the years, and I'm like, "Yo, like I got some." my friends, some of my old teammates that played there. Like we just had a connection. It was, she was in the DMV area. She still lived in DC. Her family uh, had moved to DC. So we just had this connection and I was like, this is where I want to be. I had another interview with another lady and I was like, she's cool, but I just got a better connection with her. So I did everything possible to try to be on her team. I emailed Claire, I emailed Deb, I emailed Jeanette, you did I what was necessary. My, once again. Oh my God. I text, once again. I text some of my teammates like that I used to play for. Like, hey, yo, Deb told me she was the uh she was the manager at Georgetown. I'm trying to be on her team and Nike like put in a good word for me. Like text her and let her know. So I had everybody working for me just to be on, on her team. So and it and it worked so out. So it's safe to say, like you mentioned, timing is everything. The value of networking, because clearly you could call somebody, you could call a former teammate, or you could call somebody that, not to be funny, that knows somebody that knows somebody. Right. But <laughs> the value of networking, because oftentimes we forget the bridges that we cross, we may cross over them later on in life. And we want those people, as you mentioned, to have something positive to say about you and be able to speak to you, for, for sure. you, in rooms that you're not in. And so I, for you know, sure. I think that that's, that's huge. So just give us a little bit more about how you're impacting on your current team. Cause I, I, I know what you do. I just want you to give us a snippet, <laughs> just a, just a little taste. Um, so I'm on a marketing team, men's lifestyle, North America. Uh, and we do some fun stuff. Um, we're actually working on some stuff for the uh, 50th of hip hop right now. Um, but I just kind of bring that, I won't say like youthful, but like uh, cultural, close to the streets. Like I am the person that they are selling the product to, if you would say the least. Um, so they look to me for like, is this like what the youth likes? Is this is what pros will wear or this would something that pros or uh athletes uh will put together or be a part of um so they just come to me for that kind of aspect 
Uh, but they, they've been great. My team has been great um, with kind of teaching me the ropes and not just putting me in a box. Uh, like, oh, you're an athlete. We just going to talk to you about like being a basketball player. Um, they're actually teaching me how to be a marketer because that's not what I went to school for. That's not what I thought I would be doing after basketball. So they're kind of teaching me their ways and how I can use like what I've done in my life as a basketball player, as an athlete, um, and bring it to Nike, which is really a sports company, um, to help grow grow the business. But my team is not only helping me grow in Nike, but in life. So if I wanted to take these same skills that I'm learning at Nike and do something of my own, start my own business, go somewhere else, whatever the case may be, like they're showing me the building blocks for that. Um, and not just being at one company, but continuing to be able to use these skills that I'm learning here and the skills that I've had before coming here and taking that and being able to develop in life and continue to grow and be better at anything that I do. So I'm I'm appreciative and I'm blessed to be a part of a team that is not just about the company and not just about building the company, but about building the people that they have on their team. Well, listen, first of all, you just answered my question in terms of how your current role highlights your playing experience combined with off the court experiences, which is what you just outlined to us and how they're preparing you for what's next. Although right now your feet are grounded, planted, and you're continuously learning. It's also important when you work for somebody that sees that vision that we want to, we want to continue to allow you to be you. Uh, And I think it's, it's awesome that you're able to infuse them. Like you said, with the insights of sometimes maybe they don't have access to, but that's where you come in. Listen, there goes the superpower right there. <laughs> so what advice would you give to future WNBA veterans looking to make the transition from sport to career? Because obviously you have detailed so eloquently that transition, but what advice would you give? Man, like I would, I would say like, not just to vets, but, to everybody who's an athlete that's playing professionally, like like build your network um, and start that as soon as you can. Like a lot of people wait, a lot of people wait till it's time to like retire and be done playing before they figure out like what they want to do next or start thinking about what they want to do next. And that makes it so much harder. If I, if I, honestly, if I did not get this, get in this program and get this job here, I would probably still be playing just because I didn't have a plan. Um, So I think start planning early, not to take away from like your playing career, but like having a plan after already set up and in the works and developing before you, you feel like you want to be done is very necessary and very important because it's a lot of players that just keep going back and playing because they don't have a plan or they don't know what they want to do next. And that would have been me. And I just lucked up to have this opportunity. Um, But build your network and like enjoy the ride of like playing and being an athlete, but just know like when it ends, 
we're still young. Like, so you still got to have something after. Like, it's not everybody's not making millions of dollars. Most women's basketball players aren't making millions of dollars. Um, so after you're going to have to have something lined up to do next. Like, when I retired, I was 30. Like, 30 years old. So you still got a lot of life to live. So you got to have something to, I'm not going to say fall back on, but something to do next. And I think that's important. And it starts with like building, like you say, your network, because sometimes it's, you need to reach out to people like, hey, how do you do this? Or, hey, do you have an insight this? Or I know you've been here and I know you work with this person. Like, can you help me get my foot in the door? And people think that's a bad thing, but that's the way this world works. And you see it a lot more when you're done playing, but it's not about what you know. It's about who you know. So building that network is like extremely important and being nice and kind to people that you meet along your like journey and they'll remember you years to come that you can reach back out and say like, Oh, like I met you my rookie in the WNBA. Like I'm thinking about retiring and I see you work for this company or you have your own business. How can you help me transition? And I think that's, some of the most important things I think I wish I would have been better at, but it still is working now. Like I'm still building a network of people like here, even though I'm in Portland and I don't want to be here forever, but building Talk a network. That's, of a, that's a whole nother episode, girl. <laughs> <laughs> but you still building a network of people. Like everybody that work at, works at Nike isn't going to, be here forever and they don't always have dreams of being here forever and some people have other dreams and even if you have bigger dreams and you want to be like oh yeah I remember this person who I worked with they were good at this I want to bring them on board for what I'm doing so that networking and just knowing people and all of that that's like super important for transitioning from playing to your next career I love it I love it okay so who you got that already announced the All-Stars? Got to pick one. Who's your fave? I know who my fave is. I'm a Jackie Young fan. I don't care what nobody say. Y'all can keep Asia. Love Asia. <laughs> I do. But I'm a guard. So I'm a, you know, Jackie Young. Who you got? Um, You can only pick one. Oh, I can only pick one. Okay. So, so I'm, I have like this toss up, right? Okay, tell us the toss up. So my fiance still plays for Indiana. So I've like somewhat built a relationship with Kelsey Mitchell. This is her first All Star, right? Shout out um, to Kelsey Mitchell. Shout out to shout out I to fiance. Wait, I want to make sure we shout out your fiance, right? Because we're gonna get her on the platform too. But shout out to you know <laughs> Victoria. Hey, Victoria. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, go ahead. So I've kind of built like this relationship with Kelsey just through Victoria and I want to see her do well because this is her first all-star and she should have made it a couple more years uh, before this. But I also, I like how like the Vegas team is playing. So that little core group of players, like it's hard to kind of deny what they're doing. Um, Like you said, Jackie's killing it. 
Asia is always going to be Asia. Chelsea Gray is, is, is the highlight. Always. So she's always going to make like that, that big play, that highlight play that's going to be on top 10 sports center. Then you got Kelsey Plum. That's just, you know, she does her thing. So it's hard for me to pick just okay. one. And then my one of my like one of my good friends who I play with in LA, Neko Gumake. Like I can't leave these people. Okay, out, we like. won't. So it's hard for so me we to won't, just pick. So one. we won't leave them out. We'll shout them all out because I think the way that the game is continued to progress, I love it. We we love what's happening, you know, with the W. So shout out to all the All Stars, all the young ladies who were doing exactly what they said they were going to do, and it looks for good, sure. feels good. We rooting for them. So. We appreciate that. I just had to ask you that one. But join <laughs> but join us next week right here every Wednesday with a new guest, a relatable story, and tangible steps on how to transition from sport to career. T, I appreciate you joining us on this platform. Thank you. No, thank you. This was great.